Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned, and turn away from them. The term urge in Greek here is pronounced parakaleo, and it means to demand earnestly or to demand pressingly. Clearly, when Paul says, I urge you, brethren, the issue of division is important to him. Paul only uses this term four times throughout the entire letter to the Romans. And each one of those times represents what I would call a watershed moment, a very important milestone or point that Paul needs to make, at least doctrinally. In Romans 12.1, Paul says, I urge you, brethren, in view of mercy, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. I don't think any of us need to understand why he wants to urge us to that. That is an important idea. In the Christian life, you are not saved by grace through faith in order to wait for Jesus to return. And, and, and make you better someday. You are saved by grace through faith. You have been remade and God has called us to holiness and righteousness and godliness. We have been saved from sin and death, but we have been saved to life and godliness. This is an important idea. Romans 12, 8, when the apostle Paul says that the one who has the gift of exhortation in the church should use it, the word exhort means to urge. And so the one who has the gift to urge people, to call people to a higher standard of living, to encourage them to take the hill for God's kingdom or whatever it might be, those people are needed in the church. And I would argue that they're needed more and more in today's world than they ever have been before. So Paul says, I, I urge you uh, to exhort. I want you to urge people if you have that gift. Romans 15.30, when Paul asks the saints to strive together with him in prayer as he goes on his continued missions, he actually urges them to pray with him. I can't tell you how serious this is for me as a pastor. Uh, For us as a leadership team, we want you to be praying for us and with us for the things that God is doing. Amen? 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 We need those prayers. We do believe that God, the power source behind those prayers, is doing something. We believe that he's listening to his people. So I want to urge you towards those kinds of things. And then, of course, last but not least is Romans 16, 17. And here again, Paul says, Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. There are two things, note takers, there are two things that Paul is urging these Christians to do. We have to see both of them or we're going to miss the point and we're not going to be ready for what is coming if we don't do as Paul says. The first is this, keep your eye on those who cause dissension. But don't miss the rest of the verse. We have to keep an eye on those who cause dissension and he urges us to turn away from them. So I know that the order goes Keep your eye on them and then turn away. But the reality of Paul's communication here is that he wants you to turn away from divisive people and he always wants you to to keep an eye on them. Why? Because a divisive person is a divisive person is a divisive person. They will creep back in and create problems. So you have to set up that, as a for modern language, you have to set up that boundary. This is an important boundary for us to set up in the church. Paul doesn't just leave us at watching them. 